Hey everyone, welcome to the show. This is Ro, this is the Stone Genius, and I am lucky to have in studio, and we all know that means in my living room, today in studio we have the guys from Cran Organics back in. We have Alex, hello Alex. Hey Ro. And we have Daniel, hey Daniel. Thanks for having us again. I'm so glad. It has been so difficult to get you all back (laughs) in here because there's that holiday that went on. First of all, I want to ask you, how do you all view 420? The day 420. Like, I just feel like it's this a year day. was a little bit different. Okay, so an a- average before this year. It's another day for me. I mean, it's, it do- I don't do anything special or different. And see, that, that's how I am as well. And that's what's always so weird is everyone's like, oh, it's such a big deal. In fact, my cast before the one I have on now, which is blue, because I know this is audio only, so you can't say it was green. And it was funny because I got green because Bobby wanted me to have green. But everyone I ran into, they're like, oh, 420. I'm like, no. I mean, that had never even crossed my mind. But I never even think of 420 because that's every day. For me, it, it's really been one of those stereotypical progressions of, of losing that excitement in the world as you become an adult. You know, when, when you first started smoking cannabis, you're in high school. I mean, 420, you're prepping, you're doing gra- five-gallon grab bongs, you're you're, you're making a hundred thousand milligram batch of brownies. You, See, you, I never, I never, because I didn't start smoking until I was forty-seven. Right. The both so I never, like, I never got to. I mean, it, that was just never a thing for me, and it's weird. Yeah. Now I, guess, I feel like it's more. I have that uh, the inner Jew in me is scouting every single deal across <laughs> the metro, and I'm gonna go get the. Best one, stock up and enjoy that way. So, have you found have you found a favorite? You don't have to name them, but have you found a favorite so far? Favorite deal? Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the, the cheapest. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that that, that always works. works out as well too. So, uh, and once in a while, you run into people that can't do math. <laughs> so that was from a story from before uh, we started recording, which was kind of funny. But perhaps so, more of those in this industry than others. Right now, I will. How has it been since the last... So it's been a few weeks. Last time you all were here, you were just getting ready to roll out. Yeah. How did rollout go? Was it as expected or dramatically different than what you were anticipating? And this is for either one of you. That's a great question. I would say on some levels it was kind of expected, and at the same time we had no idea what to expect. So what was the least expected thing that happened to you on rollout day and it was it staggered did you did you enter all your dispensaries at once for your chill cakes or was it a staggered this dispense we went here and we're there for the the rollout or it kind of went like a roller coaster we got into a couple dispensaries then had a couple lulls like days when we didn't hear much and uh-huh. then hey you guys need to go to st louis tomorrow Oh, we just were in St. Louis. Hey, tomorrow we need you to go down to like Humansville. We need you to go down. To, so we were in Northeast Missouri and then found out. I'm sorry. Did trip. you? Uh, hold on. Humansville? Yeah, Humansville. And I will tell you what there is not in Humansville. There Any are not humans. humans. Okay. Uh, if, if you pull up this place on Google Maps, like you, you scroll in and look at it, it's, it looks like an industrial building, <laughs> which it is. It's like a 200,000 square foot building. I pull up. But, I'm, they, I'm, ha- but they have a dispensary. Correct. But I... I, I <laughs> I was so unsure that I was at the right place when I right. got there, and I got out of the vehicle, and I just, okay, right. I know there's weed here, but right. I don't know if they sell it here. It was like a 200,000-square-foot indoor grow that happens to have a dispensary attached to it. But if you look at this place on Google Maps, you have to zoom out like 30 miles before there's like another building in any direction. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. That, and what part of the state is that? Uh, Probably middle, I don't know. South uh, yeah, southwest of here. Okay. Southeast of here, I guess. Southeast. Yeah, southwest of here would still be in Kansas. Not in Missouri, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think on that line of just small towns and, and being surprised where there is cannabis, what surprised me was, and as you mentioned earlier, 420 is not just the exact date anymore. Right. It's, it's almost like Black Friday, what they've done with it, which maybe is why it's lost a little zest. Um, but this is coming from someone who is closely monitoring and actively in the industry, but it was this holiday that really demonstrated how much Missouri's cannabis industry has grown. The attendance at 
every event. So we've got a big team. Coco's got a big team. We've got people in Cape Girardeau all the way to St. Louis uh, coordinating. And and the feedback from everybody and, and my personal experience was just such rapid growth. Um, and we're not even wrecked yet. So that was really cool to see. Okay. Same thing for you. Did you see a lot of that as well? I yeah. mean, from from last year to this year, while you've been in it, have you seen the same change, Alex? Because sometimes you all see different things, yeah, don't I, you? I don't know that Because of really your, your vantage point. You see a lot yeah. of the same things, but I think talking to you, you also can have different Dan, views Dan on Dan has things. been in the industry longer than I have, so... Um, I've just kind of thrown into it, so it's all relatively kind of new. And is it bigger or smaller than you thought or assumed? Since you didn't know, you're asking. Answer, you're asking a male. They're always going to overassume. <laughs> I'm going to answer that question in a different direction. Okay, I'm going to say I'm going to talk about the community. The the, the community it. is tight knit. I guess everyone kind of knows each other. Um, so I'm really enjoying to get to know people, and it's like a, I have lots of little communities and. Now I get to have another community, so it's it's really kind of fun, and I think that kind of makes it seem as smaller than it actually is. So when you're talking community, is that between you and dispensaries, dispensaries with each other? What type of community are Industry you? Industry community, like growers, cultivators, extractors, other edible companies, like bud other tenders. Ca- bud tenders, managers, owners, like everyone in the industry. It's like a little club. And do you think the reason for that is because everyone is anticipating how big this is going to... I mean, the anticipation and the buildup for the rollout of anything, whether it's medical or recreational, has to be big. And I think that a lot of people... And we've talked about this in the past where sometimes... And I've talked about this with my sister that's been in the industry, that sometimes younger people will burn through the industry. They think it's great, but they're not the ones that are part of the community you're talking about. You're talking about people that are long-term. They're looking at this not as just what where we are today, but where we've come from in the last year, like Daniel, you've said, and where they're going. That's So they're all, because of the, the success that they're wanting. That's why, Because it sounds like some of the people you say are champions of each other are also competitors. Of one another. Yeah, I would say that's entirely accurate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let me throw a couple other things that contribute to that. Shared trauma. And that could be a pre-even consideration of legalization. Uh, the people who were advocating, getting arrested, partaking, uh, those are the same people. Well, some of those are the same people that are now in the industry. And then you have the shared trauma of, of the application process, the years and insane money and time spent into trying to enter this industry. Um, and, and then completely separate and opposite of that is I think that a higher, no pun intended, percentage of workers in this industry like their job and are happy than any other industry I've ever seen. And it's I, easy to be happy as a bud tender when everybody that walks in your store is happy, excited, wants to buy things. It's just, you're not going to get many Karens. And I would say in my experiences with bud tenders, it's also the interaction where as they're the expert, I am more willing to take, like the very first time I did this, I was in Lyons, Colorado at the Bud Depot. And I remember the Bud Tinder, I was explaining to him, I had arthritis. I remember he's like, you don't have to have arthritis, dude. And I just laughed. I go, no, really, I do. So we laughed about that. <laughs> but then I listened to him because I was inexperienced. But even now as I'm more experienced, I still listen to... Because what I may read and what others may review a certain strain may not be what bud tenders are hearing, seeing, experiencing. So I I find that very rewarding, and I would assume that has to be rewarding for them in the industry. I don't know if you all have seen the TV show Severance. Bobby and I have just watched the first show. The very first thing is you see a guy crying in his car, and then he gets out of his car and goes into work. 
And I always talk about that's how I feel on my normal nine to five job most days. I once I'm inside, I'm fine and helping. But it's once you get there, that dread of going in. And I just have a feeling people in the industry that if they have dread about going in, it's about something else, not about their job. It's about some external factor that's weighing on them. So in, in the last two weeks after launch, especially like the first week of launch, I could actually share that experience or that, that emotion of crying in the car, but for a completely different spectrum of emotion. So why, what was your emotion you were feeling? Uh, like I had the realization like I am achieving and living my dream, and I have this amazing experience, and I was just really emotional, got worked up, just like I can't believe that I actually get to do my dream as my career. That's fucking crazy. I am super lucky to do that. Like, uh, like I'm just, tearing up now. Oh, I wish this was video because they just fist bumped each other. Oh, see, that's why Bobby and I keep saying we're going to add a whole bunch of sounds to the soundboard. <laughs> yeah, we need that. And we never get around to it. So, yeah, because that would have been a great, I want to add Wonder Twin Powers Activate. And that would have <laughs> been a perfect little fist bump going on there. And I'll circle back to the, the first part of what you talked about listening to the feedback of a bud tender even as your knowledge and understanding of cannabis grows and and i'll talk about that from a a different perspective than maybe is usually discussed which is those kind of at the top of the food chain and industry Uh, i i actually think that there needs to be more of a responsibility and more action taken at the highest level because what you have is an employee, the bud tender, with tremendous passion, interest, love, willingness to learn and engage, and an opportunity to provide that to them, which then in turn will have more educated patients, they will have better success rates, um, and, and overall just better, yeah, better success. Well, it, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, with the bud tenders that you, because... Missouri is still fairly in its infancy, I would say. Do you, is the training that they're getting, like on the, and I don't know whether it's laws or not, because it seemed like when I was in Colorado, some dispensaries I could actually hold the jar and smell, and others were like, you can't pick it up, it needs to be on, so you could bend over. This was, much of this was pre-pandemic, but I really appreciate it as a former trainer that they were trained enough. Because some people, even if you're trained a certain way, you have that, oh, I don't want to tell them. You can't pick that up. or you know, And they have that intrepidation. So I always saw very good training in the bud tender. Is that what you're continuing to see in the market of Missouri? That's a great transition to what I was saying. Missouri overall, I've been really impressed with a lot of that one-on-one concept. There's a lot of different ways that dispensaries are run across the country. So you have... The two extremes, you have one-on-one walking around with you, long, long, patient, fun interactions, right. and then you have more of the uh, in and out, you you take a picture, you scan it, high tech, right. uh, and then you have a, kind of the weedy, stoner, bro guys, and, and I'll say the kind of, the not even kind of, the theme of Missouri is very clearly medicinal. Um, there has to be a lot of education because Missouri is very different than a lot of other states. There hasn't been cannabis here, um, and the demo- most popular demographic is the older generation. And so, while I am impressed with with the with Missouri's industry as a whole, what's really cool is the companies that go above and beyond. And uh, one of those would be Kansas City Cannabis, who actually brought on full-time as as uh, an owner. Uh, a, the pharmacist, Cody Freeze, that, that uh-huh. I hope to bring on, and he does a two-week course. And, and that way, the bud tenders are educated on things like possible drug interactions, uh, cannabinoids or flavonoids or terpenoids that are best for pain versus insomnia versus whatever. Right. And that is what... I think owners should be expected to do what they're responsible to do because THC chasing is so 2010 um, and it's our duty to, to make sure the public catches up. Right. And I, I see that sometimes because if I, when I smoke, that's usually the first question is, you know, what's the THC content in there? And I'm, I'm always like, that's, 
That's a weird question. I mean, I just always have thought that's a weird, because that's not how I judge how it makes me feel, how my body reacts. Would you do that with alcohol? Would you do that with, yeah. yeah. No, and that's what's so weird is that people still have this strange. Fetish? Yeah, kind of. I mean, just how they even think about weed. I mean, it's so funny because when, sometimes when I say the stone genius, people will be like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, what? And they're like, stone? And I'm always like, you know you're focusing on the wrong fucking word there. You're right. You should be focused on the genius part of what I am, not the stone part of what I am. But it, it, yeah, sometimes. Now, do you notice in the market in Missouri, I will say this, that in the dispensaries, and I have been from northern Colorado through Denver down to southern Colorado, it seems like most of the dispensaries are... Their employees are still younger, which I, because to me, I know, granted my age, most of the people I know that smoke are going to be around my age, but I didn't see our demographic, and it may be on the ownership side, but I did not see like bed tender, which I thought was kind of strange. Because sometimes I'm fine with going in and talking to someone who's 21 years old and is going to help me figure out something that I don't know. But some people have a problem with that. Just like, We've talked before when you were talking about the bill and because of your age, people discount and they don't know what you do. So, oh, better you're saying? It is. That's true. Uh, that yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so I'll give my hypothesis on that. Um, and, and I actually. That's weird. I actually think it's a, a little bit problematic. Um, I don't think a lot of the ownership, a lot of the the execs in the industry have understood or figured out how important bud tenders are, okay? Very and true. And so because of that, they're not paid well. And think about, uh, and, and please don't take this as me saying anything about being too proud for any job or any amount of money, but if you think about typically lower-paying jobs, fast food jobs, or working at a, a major, like Walmart or something, typically younger, um, and and so part of that is, is as you get older, you have more responsibilities, more expenses, you need a higher-paying job, and, and I think that businesses will learn that if you... Pick, if you're willing to pay a little more to get a little more, it's actually going to make you more money in the end. You know, it's kind of funny because when you mentioned that, when we visited Hawaii back in like 2014, it seemed like there were help wanted signs everywhere in 2014. And so my wife and I were asking, it's like, why? And it's like, people here just want to work long enough to get the money to get so that they can go do whatever they want to do while they're in Hawaii. And you know, I kind of get that, and I, I feel like that may be kind of the same way with the younger people. Like, like the owners know that people want to be in this industry, so they can target, well, these people, they make the less, but they also, I'm just making an assumption, can also be a cause of stress sometimes. And I know it, I say it, I will call myself an adult, but sometimes there's some things like, like, and I, I'll probably, I'm not a boomer, so you can't call me boomer. But like when I call Alex a boomer, he's younger than you. Okay. But like when people, like when people go, I'm taking next Tuesday off and I'm like, oh, why? What's going on? They're like, oh, it's my birthday. And I'm like, you're, you know, maybe in your fifties because you don't have many of them left. So maybe I could understand that. But I'm saying like, I do think it's funny when people like in their forties are like, yeah, I'm taking Tuesday off. It's my birthday. And I'm like. What are you doing? My mom used to pick me up from school on my birthday. Yeah, but that's <laughs> different. I mean, hold on. No, you I weren't mean, in I... college, right? No, no, no. You need sound like, effects. Out of you school. You should have booed a, <laughs> a comment. Like we, we are. We're going to have sound effects. And we always talk about this. And we always, I get too high, she gets too drunk, and then it never happens. I'm going to uh, say it on air now. Alex and I aren't coming back till there's at least two more sound effects. So. Do, do you Detroit. have a preference of sound effects? Something that will indicate we're roasting one of us. Oh, okay. So, you know, I do want to circle back to the bud tender. Um, okay, yes. The pay scale for a second. So we, at Crown Organics, we have t- taken that into consideration, and we've created like a multiple tier incentive program for bud tenders. So like one of the ways to earn points 
Um, they can like, like, share, promote us on social media. Obviously, the, the best way for them to earn points is selling the product. Right. But our product is a little bit different than other products. So we have like online videos for them to watch and understand and then take surveys. Like what you said, edu- when they educate you, right. we are educating them. And they're actually really excited about it. Uh, and I've heard that bud tenders like uh, say or, or retell what we've told them to patients. So they're absorbing it and passing the information on. Right. Our product's a lot different. It's, we'll get into that in a little bit. But back to the incentive program. We have the multiple tiers. They can buy products, any product in the store, not just our product. So they can buy other products. because they With the points they earn. With the points that they earn. So they get at a discounted rate. The, the employer, the, the bud tender, I'm sorry, the dispensaries get their full price, and we just subsidize it for them. Right. They so, could also get things that aren't cannabis, too. Like, well, we're thinking Visa gift cards, TVs, right. etc. Right. You'll have points. You go. You see what's available. And... Let the market Enjoy. speak. We'll Absolutely. find out what people want. Yeah. Because we, we really want our products to be successful, but we want to value the bud tenders. And they are the, the, the foot soldiers. They're the ground people talking with the people. They can influence people more than anyone. Are you, are you the type that show up with swag? So the bud tenders, if they know you, they're, that you all are coming, that there you go. I was just wondering, like, if they know, because there are some times in some industries I've been in, and you know of a certain vendor is coming, that they're going to have free stuff. Now, whether you want that free stuff or not, that's never the point. It's the fact that you're getting free stuff. And they always want the samples. Yeah. I I came from a a pop-up event today where we bring t-shirts to the bud tenders. Right. And we bring samples to everyone, uninfused. And then we have our partners deliver the infused samples to the bud tenders. Right. But cool. what, what's really important about what Alex is saying and, and what I'm encouraging others in the industry to do is, look, we're a brand new startup company. We're not owners of a cannabis company, but talk is cheap, and we're putting our money literally where our mouth is. Earlier I told you that I think it's important to pay bud tenders what they're worth, um, and this is a way that we can do that without having to get the change at an executive level. So... They learn more, they share more, they they sell and help us grow. We and, and they're incentivized to do that. It's a fair exchange. It's better for the patient. It's better for everyone. And we're really looking forward to hopefully expanding this trend and seeing others pick it up. Well, that's, that's what I was going to ask. So does anyone else do this in, in the industry or are you the only ones or something that's... That's a great question. And we had the same. I was really surprised and underwhelmed at what did exist. For example, most of what you see is maybe a month-long or quarter-long competition where a a dispensary will say to all their bud tenders, the person who gets the most points come up with some system gets an Xbox. Right. Right? This is... That's the way to get them to show up to work the next week, too. Give them a free Xbox. Right. (laughs) And and I've seen it go a little further more of what we're talking about, but to have redeemable points at any time at one tier, at at a second tier to have competitions within the store. And remember, it doesn't require sales, but maybe at the end of a quarter, take the three best and out of the raffle buy royal season tickets for them and a friend. And and then even to go one more and, and once or twice a year on a state level, pick five or three for a raffle and, and the winner gets a trip to Hawaii, you know, like has it been at that level? No. And again, we're going to look at the data. We're going to take feedback. Our most important thing that we've been pushing besides for samples right now is feedback. We yeah. have a survey available where people, and we encourage them to be crucial. Absolutely. And- now, do you have something because not all of our listeners, in fact, very, I, I don't know the numbers. I couldn't tell you what Missouri has, but I know that we have a lot of international listeners. Are there, and people that listen throughout the United States, is there any sort of survey that you have that people could take that may not be locally that would allow you, because I know you're anticipating once nationwide this is federally legal that that's the market that you want to be in so are you anticipating i mean could you could you develop something so that you know what people not just locally because i would assume that people are going to have some geographic biases towards what they like whether it's flavors in your case or maybe you may find out that oh well 
Everyone in the Northeast hates cheesecake. Who would have thought that? You know, so have you ever thought or do you have something like that for people that aren't currently engaged with your product? You know, that's a really good idea and interesting question. Our goal is definitely going wide. And, and since we launched on 420, we've already looked into one other state for expansion. So we are serious about that mission. We have not thought about that, but... I would love that. And we have an amazing, amazing web developer, marketing guru, jack of all trades, who set up the first one. And and that is perfect because the more we can understand, the, the better we can serve patients. Or yeah, and hopefully you, not just patients. Yeah, and sometimes it's it could be terminology, too, that geographically – you you may go somewhere and go, well, I haven't heard that term before, and then find out that it's in a term that you just use differently. That's smart. What else you got? Uh, nothing else. Well, Not I need yet. more for the survey. I can't just give stuff away free. Actually, I do that all the time. <laughs> uh, let's say- see. I had another question. What, what's next for you guys? We're making I know. It. I'm sorry. I don't have a backrest for Daniel. <laughs> so this week, we actually just got confirmation that we're starting our second product, which will be a vegan gummy. Nice. And so when are you expecting street date for that? Well, let me think about it this way. Or how does that, I don't even, so you, you, so you've already developed the gummy. So let me back up. So you haven't even developed the gummy. You, so you have a concept in your mind and you're basically, you get approval for saying, I want to take a gummy, infuse it. And then you get a, so How's this whole process? So then you have to develop a gummy and then figure out how to get it to market and test it. And yeah, so tell the process starts in. Yeah, starts in. Starts in. Now hold on, because um, and it has to be in less than forty six minutes. Less, I could definitely do that. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. So first, you come up with a recipe, and then find a way to mass produce it. Now, stop. He skipped so many steps, didn't he? <laughs> I'm sure he have did. You, has he but, ever done the peanut butter jelly exercise where your teacher asks the students to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they say, like, take the knife and, and then they just do exactly as they said? Right. If we had done that, we wouldn't be in business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you all didn't do so, that then. Let's try again. Yeah. Step um, one. No, Step one. <laughs> Get the recipe and, and like test it. With so me. who who think who knows? Like, are you are you the ba- are you the one that says I'm gonna like I don't even know how you develop a recipe. Like, I mean, I don't like I'm, I mean I know that sounds basic, but I mean, how does that how does that pop in your head? Like, I have a lot of weird shit that pops into my head that people are like, what? But that's not one of them. That's never one thing that I've never had a recipe for anything. Especially not food or gummy related. So how does that? I wouldn't even know what you do for a you, gummy. Yeah, you don't. You wouldn't work it that way, right? Okay. So the most important thing isn't coming into it with the finished perfect recipe. Let's talk about specifically in this case. Gummies are the most popular and common edible, right? Would, would you right. agree with that? Yes. So I just ate ten of them a couple nights ago. There we go. Exactly. Um, and so. We started with a very niche, gourmet, health-conscious product that isn't necessarily going to be 99% of people's most popular, commonly eaten edible. Right. They might like it more, but maybe they can't have – maybe they're going camping for a week. Right. right? So what can we do that serves – we thought to ourselves, we need to go wider, right? And so then you start to – so you – first – What's your objective? We want a product that is easier for people to carry around, okay? Yeah. Then what? what is best? Now we have a gummy. What's our identity? Well, vegan, because a lot of gummies have gelatin and, and halal kosher, same thing. So, boom, there's our little niche. And then you reach out to experts. Plus, on our team, we have two chefs. And, and we work with dietitians and nutritionists. So that's the recipe right part, right? Okay. And okay, so ahead. because my here's my issue, Daniel. I'm going to address it, this at you. I'm going to pretend Do like it. Alex isn't here for a second. I was looking at Alex saying, how can he come up with a recipe? That was my issue. I just, I'm sorry, I don't look at you and I don't I don't say that you, I would To be fair, the, the, the chill cake I think was like 90% Alex, 
Alex made 100% of the original recipe, and then after the team brought on, I'd say it probably changed less See, than 10%, that's, right? It didn't change at all. Well, See, like, that's amazing. After, like, after, the, well, after the came on was a change, I changed the crust a little bit. I guess that was, so yeah, it, yeah the it was, first it, it one was really online. was 100% his. So how did that, see, I just, oh, I because just. It, that was not the objective, right? So when Alex started, it was because he wanted something that was delicious for himself. And so it was flavor oh, first. Oh, so it was being focused. selfish. That's that why I always say being selfish <laughs> is good. The, the niche was it was delicious and health conscious because that's what Alex likes. And that's why he made it was for himself. Okay. True. Okay. So gummies. So where are we, <laughs> where are we at with gummies then for you all? Found a process, found a good recipe. Um, that's where we're at so far. So how do? So I may be jumping ahead here, and I'm sure that I am. But that'll be a do, good question for us. Actually, once we have experimented with them a little bit and tried flavoring and coloring, because we still want it to be a natural product. We're still going to use like fruit juices for dyes. We don't want to use any any artificial coloring. So it's still going to be a very healthy type product. Now, and I didn't ask this because of transport. Transportation, transportability, 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 that's the word. Okay. I don't know what was in your pen, but I enjoyed it. So the transportability of your product currently, Mm -hmm. has that prevented you from reaching any markets? Because I like the boot hill of Missouri or something. So, because that was going to be my question, would the gummies, because they would transport easier and don't have to be, chill cakes need to be refrigerated as they're transported. Freeze them them as you transport them and everything, which you do not have to do with gummies, question mark? Don't have to, for sure. Okay, so being able to transport, would that allow you to enter any markets or is that not an issue? Is that not an issue with chill cakes? You can already reach every dispensary that you could conceivably want to reach. We're super fortunate to have strong partners at Coco and a very large, clever team. And so we have freezers that we just plug in the truck. Uh, our, our truck, because Coco does their own transportation, um, we send out a super cool, customized front-of-house freezer, typically, uh, to the dispensary that's got our logo on it. We'll right. do that beforehand. They'll plug it in, make sure it gets cold. Then the cheesecakes are delivered. Do you all uh, on those, and I may have asked this on a previous show, and I apologize if I did, but on those coolers, do you specify a place of visibility? Like, are you buying square footage there? Because I know in, like, retail, people will buy end caps or certain spots in a store so of visibility. So we're not buying the real estate. Okay. But we are giving them a freezer. We are giving them an attractive display case that is strictly to use for our product. And it help. I mean, if it helps our sales, it helps their sales. Right. Okay. I, I, you have really good questions, and this one is particularly good and clever. And and I'll, I will. I'll answer it honestly. And I think that this. I haven't really. That was really good because on on cannabis podcast, you don't really typically have people asking questions about price per square foot and end cap cost because usually the people that are being interviewed are like, I'm not going to say that on air. But uh, and I, I appreciate and I don't if there's ever a question I ask and you're like I'm not answering I'm fine with that you no, can just say no or not answer but it was just because some people don't understand what goes into how they can certain things are priced certain way so if you were paying for that square footage it would probably either deduct what your your net is or it's going to increase your cost that you're going to have to pass along. So that's why I asked that. That's a so. great question. First and foremost, I'd never let that happen. Okay. We'd figure a way to make it. Uh, we'd figure a way to make it. But let me answer your question honestly. Earlier this year, there was a large dispensary chain um, that sent out an email uh, in which they said they were going to potentially start, kind of start, um, charging for certain spaces, certain types of products, and certain prices. So... There was Kansas City area, there was not ideal area, there was the uh, flower, concentrate, edible, maybe one other category, um, and there were different costs. And that is common in grocery store, it's common in many industry. You do see it in some cannabis states, typically much more mature, okay? So there was um, really a, a, a 
bad taste left in a lot of extractors and growers' mouths because it's so early. And if one dispensary does that, then they're all right. going to do that. And, and that's certainly not good for people. Right. And one of the things, just from a visual standpoint, is when I've been in Colorado, at least the dispensaries that I've gone to, and some of them are chains, they seem to be much more subdued, understated. Everything's there. It's glass cabinets. They can pull the the jars out. I mean, more like that. When I went to Chicago, it was almost like it was a museum. The lighting, the displays, and I'm like, this is why a joint costs forty five dollars <laughs> in Chicago because literally forty percent tax. Yeah, I mean, it okay. literally it looked like a museum, and I was like, you know. I would assume because of the the layout, just me looking at it from my vantage point, I was like, I bet that person's having to pay to be on that corner. Or, you know, if if there's a line, you know, being right there so that people are just staring at your product while they're waiting in the line to pay or something like that. So I noticed a dramatic difference in those. And that's why I was one. And I don't know whether they pay for square footage in Chicago or not, but I would be... Very surprised if they didn't, just because of the presentation that they sure. did. It's probably not as much square footage as some of the other things, like you said, visibility, where in the store is it, how is uh, how how big is the case. I guess you could measure the floor or right. by the case, but same concept. Right. And so what was interesting for us is when we first started developing this product, dispensaries were empty in Missouri. By the time we got to 420 in our launch, they are still significantly less product heavy than a mature state like Colorado or really most mature states. Right. It is getting full. Um, I would still say some people would walk in there and be disappointed. In, in fact, you should be. And, and, and But it is significant growth. But what I'm saying as far as real estate goes is early, adopt, early adoption is really huge for cannabis businesses. We were told to run, and we ran, and we're being told to run for the gummy much quicker. But what we what that did for us was we're not really competing for space yet. Right now, the dispensaries are competing for products. Right. That um, makes sense. Not necessarily flour, but especially edibles. So that was lucky for us there. Now, I know, and I'm going to turn to Alex and ask you this, because I know you have a date. I'm hoping you'll share it, and it doesn't have to be a hard date. What's your date for gummies? What what do you have to have before they? How about until testing? Because we never know with testing. Final approval before that or launch? Now, what 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 you, what do you want to be launched by? When do you want to be launched by? And it doesn't. I know so there's can, a lot of things. And there's a lot. There's, there's marketing. This. There's packaging, yes. and all of these have to be approved by the okay, state. This sounds like a whole bunch of excuses. Because yeah, yes. my only fucking question was, <laughs> what's the fucking date, Alex? Geez, July first, like. That, okay, that no, that's perfect. July 1st? And, yeah. and if it's not July 1st, I will give everyone Alex's personal email address so that you can ask him, why didn't you meet your date that you told me you'd meet? I'm and just I will kidding. have a list of real valid reasons. I'm sure you will. And I and I understand that. I'm just, I knew that you had to have a date. Whether you can reach that date, I know that you, you had to have something in your head. I always want it, like, tomorrow. I know. So that's why it's hard for me to get a date, because I, I always want it tomorrow. Now, let me ask you or guys, because I'd mentioned the difference between a Colorado and a Chicago, at least the ones that I've yeah, gone to. And then I have not been to one in, I'm trying to think of what other states I've been to them. Uh, Las Vegas, which that was, that's, I, you, you can't compare them? that uh, to, nope, a year ago. It was during the pandemic. Do you remember what year they, what year did they go? I don't, because I don't remember anything with the pandemic. I mean, literally, I or used to after be the cocoa pod. <laughs> I used to do. Um, I used to be able to judge everything in my life by when a surgery was. Like I would go, oh, well, I'd had this surgery that time, so that that's how I would relate everything. In the oh, pan, but the I pandemic, the pandemic has broken me. I have no concept of time. I argued with Bobby a couple of days ago that it was Thursday. She goes, "No, it's Tuesday." I go, "No, it has to at least be Wednesday." And she goes, "Who gets up and goes to work in this family?" And I was like, "Okay, Tuesday it is." So I have no concept of time anymore. But have you seen? Are are many of the dispensaries? 
very similar in their presentation or do you see like a very high class what you may and I don't even know what I would term high class let's say bright lots of lights and like a showroom as opposed to just I will say that Missouri has been very consistent I have not walked in any dispensary and be like ew they've all been really pleasant the really word enjoyable is medicinal right they've kept it very yeah. it's it's medical here it's right. not rec in the stores. Do you think that when rec mostly. comes to Missouri, do you think that will change the overall atmosphere in the store because they have now rec and now you have a whole new clientele that's coming in and a different clientele with different expectations? I think we'll see a few businesses take that leap and make that jump, but for the most part, so it's going to be the ballot initiative which doesn't open up additional licenses so it's uh, is an existing business going to dump in money that probably not right um but some of them in the right location that get the right demographic will probably go wreck heavy but these stores will have the opportunity to be both for medicinal patients and recreation so you are going to have and of course moving forward medical patients will drop off but this biggest demographic is older people and they probably won't right yeah okay so uh let's see i don't know what other questions i have i do want to talk about uh because i was thinking about you all personally and in what's going on but i do want to change over probably more specifically to daniel here and what you can share with What's going on in Kansas right now? Because we talked about it a little on the last program, and then maybe an update of what's going on in Missouri as well. Cool, I'd love to. Okay, um, so let me just start with Missouri because it's much shorter and a little less sexy. <laughs> so um, there were two possibilities, and still are technically, um, for Missouri to go wreck. There was a bill uh, introduced by Representative Hicks in the Missouri legislature that had a lot of attention and a lot of at least rumored or initial steam. This bill was written by the activists and by those who didn't get in. Um, And so it it did have good pieces for sure. Um, But it it opened things up more. Uh, There were activist pieces where I, I think there were parts of, of prison reform or at least expungement and um, uh, it, it opened it up. You, anybody could apply for licenses and so the industry didn't like that. Right. Um, and they put together, MoCan uh, was a part of the orchestration which is the industry group and, and they are very, very well run um, and very well organized um, and they you might have seen the, the ballot campaign at any cannabis event lately, they have had people with clipboards getting you to sign, right. um, and, and they've been extremely successful, and, and they do have the signatures needed. It will be on the November ballot. Again, not official, but I'm telling you, it will be on the November ballot. Um, and, and most recently, last week, uh, in the Missouri legislature, the bill introduced by Hicks was uh, stopped, really, without the knowledge of the introductor. It, it was moving pretty quickly. Leadership pulled it, and doesn't look like it's going to get action. It, it seems that MoCan was effective in persuading that it would be better for the state um, to the legislature. And, and regardless, if both would have passed, one is a constitutional amendment, right? right. That the And it's what the people vote on. So even it, had it passed in the legislature, it likely now, would have been defeated. How fast from the time that Missouri, because I've forgotten this, how fast from the time that Missouri approved medicinal to the time that a dispensary opened up. It was quite some time, wasn't it? It was, but also remember that was the start of COVID. Okay. So there there was that. So now a lot of the slowness was also that most of them lied on their application and there was not necessarily always the right businesses chosen. Um, but I would say 18 you're saying from which point specifically? Just like from the time that it was approved, like from everyone went, yay, we're going to have medical to the day that someone could actually get medical. Like two years. Two years. Now, is that fairly standard in the industry? Like if that happened in Canada? Because I thought that, or I thought Oklahoma kind of flew through things. Like from the time they approved it to the time they got out, which, and, and I haven't That's heard a lot of. to do when you don't track or trace anything. Yeah. 
Which I guess that's why I haven't heard anything. I guess I was going to say I really haven't heard anything positive or negative out of Oklahoma, but I also don't do a lot of research on Oklahoma because it's fun. It's crazy. It's Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. So is that a typical timeline? Was that the question? Right. From yeah. Um, so like yeah, in Kansas. Here, let me give you a typical, and then I'll dive into Kansas. Okay. Um, so typically, legislation passes via ballot initiative. Right. Most states don't go through the legislature. So from the time of ballot initiative to a business being able to apply, usually a year. Um, and then from awardment of license to business being open, usually another year. Scoring takes a while, getting set up, all that. So that's how you get your two years typically. Have they streamlined any of that paperwork? Uh, for application process? Yeah, I mean, is it, is it better now than it was it's initially? It's so state to state. Is it? Yeah. Is so, Missouri any better, like, now? Or are they there's st- no new app. You can't apply. Oh. Uh, actually, transportation licenses are unlimited, so if you want one, you can apply to that. But no. All righty, then. Uh, to be clear, it was a super lengthy application with many questions, but what was interesting is the word limit or word count per question, Some usually like 300. Oh, no, 300 letters, 500 letters. Like characters Some is all characters. you get? Characters. Sometimes you get a couple hundred words. I mean, it, you, you, did, you weren't saying much in most places. Do you know what? You said that many people were lying on their application. Do you, do you know, have an idea of what... The most predominant lie was it about past usage or past arrest or something no, or the, what? Your background check. <clears throat> it was more like uh, not actually having as much liquid cash as they said, or they would give five percent to so and so to say they're their cultivator with that experience, or oh, we're going to build the building this way so I can get this point, and and they just say oh variance and give the department a few grand and wait a month and then they could do so it. So it was nothing to. So I was trying to think. So it's the, so they're trying to say that they're going to do certain things, making certain promises more so than they're just trying to make them look better. I mean, they're so much trying to make they're themselves look better. They're trying to win the application, and they said whatever they thought would help them win the application. The scorers saw, saw what they saw and awarded them a license. And th- what I was answering was, why did it take Missouri right. kind of long? Or some groups. Some groups aren't like this at all, but it's because those groups that they chose thought – that they could, and, and they were right. So small license states, when I say early adoption, limited licenses, that's the biggest money. So typically they could have won the licenses and, and they could have done what they promised. Right. But COVID happened. Yeah. yeah stupid COVID. So that jumps us over to Kansas. Alex, how you doing? We're kind of leaving you out right now, aren't no, we? No, he'll be involved in Kansas. Okay. He, he, he probably hasn't even gotten the full updates. There you go. Can I give my official update for, for Kansas? Yeah, This is a famous update that I give. Free weed for all in Kansas. Oh, people love that, don't people they? People love that. Hey, but, it's good for credibility? Yeah. Apparently, I lost all credibility. Someone asked me what's going on in Kansas. I'm like, uh-huh. free weed for all, exclamation mark. And yeah. they're like, really, really, what's going on? And I was like in a movie, so I didn't respond. He goes, you lost all credibility. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I thought that it would be extremely apparent that the sarcasm saying, like, a state's official stance is, yes, <laughs> well, that's free weed for all, exclamation mark. Well, I asked you earlier this week because Bobby had heard that there was a dispensary in Topeka, which weed. is our state capital, selling weed. And you said you had seen the same ad or heard the same rumor yeah, or something like I, that. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. I don't remember where, but I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's completely illegal. What are you doing? Like, the only they, thing I could think of was that it was a sting. That everyone that walked down, they'd be like, well, they, what do you need? And it's like, you know that, right? What? They were raided. Oh, no. so it literally... That's what you're talking about? I don't know. Well, I didn't... On 420. So it was a legitimate place selling weed and they were advertising that? It yes, wasn't a legitimate place. Well, not. You're, but I mean, it was a, a storefront. It wasn't like a guy in a van down by the river. It was not the latter. Okay. Um, but it was... And I, I'll say what I can, um, just because there's there's a pending investigation and a raid, and, and but the their problem was I, I'm, I don't necessarily think that they shouldn't have done what they did because they were advertising that that's something that should be investigated. The problem was that they took it too far and kind of misled the public. So what my understanding is was that they were talking about Delta-8 THC, Delta-10 THC, uh, things that were 
technically weed or THC. Right. And there is something interesting. The federal the farming bill allows for 0.3% THC, right? That right. full spectrum has it in their CBD. Well, that's by volume. So you can actually take a hemp plant that started with 0.3% THC, extract just the THC, and then if you just make a big enough gummy and you have a COA for every certificate of authenticity for every step of the way, you can legally have 25, 50, whatever milligram gummy you want. And so wow. they were doing a lot of both of those, but they kind of they pushed it too far and they said they were selling wheat. And, and I think their products tested too hot, so they were lying. <laughs> but don't – not for sure. Do your own research, kids. Yeah. That's just – that even oh my but gosh, yeah let, let me jump into jump into Kansas because uh, that's 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 what we're all waiting for right? it is that's right everybody has always told me you're wrong it's going to be the last state it's going to be the last state it's going to be the last state aren't and, there only three so we're those people yes, aren't no. that far off there's only three that have no cannabis laws outside of federal which means that maybe they have a law that says three percent THC or if you're terminal so uh, there's still like. If there are 10 to 15 states that don't have Medirec. Right. Um, and we have, I think, only one other state that's passed true medical or rec, passed it with a Republican legislature and through the legislature. Most were ballot, and right. if they weren't ballot, they were all except for one Democrat, and mine is a two-thirds supermajority of both chambers. So I guess I understand why people told me I couldn't do it, but that's not true. So here's where – do you remember where we left off? It's been so long since I've seen you. Uh, so it was getting ready to go into four days of hearings. You were asking. I had submitted a written uh, to submit. to. So it was right before those four days of hearing. I think on the third day or fourth day, they, they ended up pulling up from that committee at that time. And I really will be honest. I don't think I follow. I didn't really follow up. I think I followed up with it the next week, and there wasn't much going on. And then I haven't because I'm lazy. I'd, I'd prefer you not to read what they're saying. Okay, it's not true. Okay, so then why don't you inform us what is true and what they should be saying? I would love to. So you're right in that that after that there was a pause because uh, we go and we're told to go. Um, and so since then we had some really interesting procedures done. Uh, and that's been a really cool thing about this bill the whole time is there have been some really cool chess moves. I learned a, I've been in that building since 2016, and I learned a lot of cool moves that I didn't know you could do. For instance, um, conference committee is when the House and Senate come together and they take the House version and the Senate version and they make one. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the step after. You're in committee after you're in the Senate. Like that, that is one of the last steps. Right. Um, and typically, for example, when when you came to testify, it was on a specific bill. Remember when I had you write the bill right. number? So that's what would be talked about in conference. But we did something special where instead of putting a specific bill, we did a topic. The topic was medical marijuana. So any bill that the topic of which was medical marijuana could be put in that conference committee. And that let us do some other magic. So had anyone ever tried something like this before, or was it just new for you? So this specific piece... Like this maneuver. like Was new to me and not very common. Okay. So so did you get pushback from doing that? Because sometimes when you do things that, you know, aren't... Aren't the way we've always done this, the unwritten rule, this is the way we do it. Did you get pushback from this new maneuver? You can't get pushback when it's from the top. Okay. It was uh, Senate President Ty Masterson's move. Okay, okay. Um, and, and then the chairman uh, on the Senate side, have, have they've been... Now, can I ask, is, is Ty Masterson, because I believe that was the name I thought that had t- stopped mm-hmm. the hearing that I was involved in. The very first hearing that got yeah, canceled? Yeah, that the, the got canceled after a couple days in. Because I remember I was watching, because I watched you online. You can go online and watch these hearings. Oh, sure. And I, I, actually, I think it was the day after. You can watch it on YouTube. And you so can watch I, it live. I'll show you. Okay. So anyway, I was watching. So I don't remember if it was live or not, but I was watching you. Um, and then when it got stopped, I thought it was him that stopped it. So I thought he was kind of the boogeyman in the, all this, but you're making him sound like he's more Superman than boogeyman. Uh, I think you're talking about the chairman would be Rob Olson. 
Okay. Um, but Ty Masterson is the Senate of the uh, Senate President. Okay. Um, and, and if you read online, and if you just you've look- just told me not to read <laughs> online. I'm Alex, is if. it always like this with him? Yes. Okay. Classic. <laughs> you and, and based on what he's done, it may seem like he's against it, um, but. There's a lot to politics. If some if a bill is passed, it's for six reasons that have nothing to do with the contents. Right. And, and so I can assure you that he's not the boogeyman when it comes to medical marijuana. Uh, and here's one reason why. We were able to not finish in committee. We left off exactly where you did. Uh-huh. Uh, there was testimony, but they didn't work it. Now, we were able to make changes, uh, but those hadn't been officially voted on. Uh, that's what they would have voted on. Right. Ty Masterson um, took the with with actually technically the chairman with Ty Masterson's approval took the contents that we had worked so hard to fix and add on to and did our third gut and go and took a bill that had already passed the same steps that our bill had already passed took everything out and plopped that language in it and then. Uh, Without voting or anything like that, we got it past committee, past the Senate floor, and into the conference committee because there is the topic of medical marijuana and it's a medical marijuana bill. So when you – so the people – are there still very ardent people opposed in Kansas? I mean there are people that if you just say medical marijuana, they just lose their shit about – or just marijuana in general. Legislators that, Yes, public? legislators. Yeah, there's some for sure. Oh yeah. So Not when anyone. when all this is happening, because you're saying that the because of it was under the topic of miracle marijuana, you were able to move past some steps that you may not have been able to otherwise, or you were moved by them more quickly. We didn't have even have to do them. We just skipped right, them. you just skipped them. Right. So were those people, those legislatures that are ardent advocates against medical marijuana, were the. Do you get more pushback from them, or are they in a position right now? Because you said super majority, are they in a position where like fuck? There's nothing I can do about this. Well, they would be in the super majority because those that are most or, or adamantly against would come from the Republican Party. So I would say yes, those people probably were very upset and angry, but they're not going to say anything because the Senate President allowed it to happen, right. and that's not something that you're going to go do. Okay. So what's what's the next step or what's mm-hmm. next on the horizon for Kansas? And I know that we do have a hard stop tonight, and it's coming up on us. But I want to see if you have enough time to just tell us about this. And then because not that you guys your schedules are are going to loosen any, but hopefully now as we get a little bit further away from four twenty and we get a little bit further into um, you all being. Maybe a little bit more available to me. We can talk. But do you have enough time to just talk about what you yeah, see on the horizon? Let me wrap it up for okay. sure because it's good. Okay. You yeah. also got to sh- get a shameless plug because we haven't talked about Telio. Yeah, I'm going to – he'll keep going. It'll okay. Be no, you haven't no. – no, I was saying you can get a shameless plug because we haven't talked about Telio once. I gotta go. Um, <laughs> so it, it's good. Here's where okay. we left off. The legislature's regular session ended with the bill where I last described it. Right. Right after that, there's a three-week – well, actually, that's not true. So there's a three-week break. And after the three-week break, they go into veto session. And that traditionally is when they try to override bills that were vetoed or worked on bills that might be vetoed. They're working on stopping the governor or overturning her. Right. Okay. But during that period, you don't have to just work on that. And so we were able to actually start in the conference committee. And so the House goes first. And they defend their position, meaning right. the House version, and this, they make some concessions. Um, and next, the Senate will do that, um, and that then they vote. And we have the votes by a million in that committee. Uh, and then it goes to the House and the Senate for a straight-up yes-no vote. No amendments, no questions. It already passed the House by a margin. We believe we have the votes in the Senate. Right. So as far as actual time needed in minutes to get this finished, 60, and there is our, okay, so they are likely not going to go back until the last day of session on May 23rd. The chairman is working hard to make sure that 
conference committee meeting happens on that day, um, which I, I believe he will accomplish, uh, and it'll quickly go to the House and Senate, and they'll vote, and then it goes to the governor's desk. So even though there's only one day, unless the Supreme Court overrides the redistricting, we only need one day. The Senate president's going to try hard. The chairman's going to try it hard. And I feel extremely confident that medical cannabis may just pass on May 23rd in Kansas. That's awesome. Okay, so now I'm going to turn to Alex for a second. So Alex, okay. Alex, I want to ask you now on, hold on, I need to make sure, say something to me real quick. Whatever you need. Okay, I just want to make sure I turned off the right microphone. I didn't want to turn off your microphone now that I don't have headphones on for a second. But so with Kansas, with what Daniel's saying with Kansas, how much time do you currently spend anticipating that market or do you? So, let's see. Not really on the right now. We're just really get, we're getting ready for REC to pass, right. pass Missouri, so that'll push our current client base from one hundred eighty thousand to six million. Um, so we're really focused on that. We just had a meeting with a group in Arizona last week, so that might be our second state. We're going to be in Kansas. We're not worried about that. Right. Kansas is going to be. It's our home state. We're going to be here. We're going to have a large presence here. Okay. So how's it look? So what led you to Arizona then, if I can ask? One I mean, of, did, was that something that you all thought? I mean, did you all reach out to some a group in Arizona first, or how did that relationship? One of start? our one of our partners had a contact in Arizona, and they heard about what what we're doing, and they got really excited, and they want to try to bring us in into their state as also. That's awesome. So, at, are you looking? Is that more of a because of the convenience of the contact that you went there, or now that you're like, oh, we we could go into a second state. Let's look at a third, fourth, and fifth. Are you? Yeah, so our, our plan all along was to go nationwide, state right. by state, because uh, you can't cross state lines, federal right. laws. Uh, but we're also going to launch a non-infused version in regular grocery stores, non-medicated, just plain old dessert. Right. Uh, that way we get the brand name recognition nationwide before right. we launch nationwide for medicinal or infused. Yeah. So when... If other states came to you, I mean, are you all concerned at all about the the growth like would would there be a point where you'd have to pump your brakes like if someone in colorado and washington oregon all came to you this week and said we're really interested are you do you think that you're you're capable and i don't want to ask because i know it's so new and you're still trying to figure out what normal for the market that you're in is going to be. So it'd be very hard for you to project. But if someone does reach out, is it where you're like, yeah, we, we could do this because we know what we're doing in Missouri. And because you don't have to worry about transporting, you're not creating it here and sending it somewhere else. You would have to set up in that state. Would that make it easier or more difficult? Or have you thought about it? We have definitely thought about it. We okay. have, we have the team in place to build for expansion. We have, um, the plan in place. So we're ready for it. Okay. I mean, it's gonna be a lot. We're already working crazy weeks, hours a week. Like a last Monday, I woke up and left the house by six 30 in the morning. Didn't return home till 1230. The next the next morning. morning. So yeah. I went from Kansas city all the way to Clarence, Missouri, which is up Northeast, right by an hour from Iowa, hour from Illinois. From there, I went to five dispensaries in St. Louis to drop off freezers, introduce ourselves to bud tenders, trade them on our product. And then drove back to Kansas City, only to wake up and leave the house at 7.30 the next day to drive down to Humansville, Missouri. From Humansville, drive down to Springfield. From Springfield, down to Neosho to return back home around 9. So I I've bet ne- your car's really loving you right now, or your mode of transportation. We have been using a, like a fleet of vehicles. I'm actually going to have to get a trailer for my car right now. Oh, well, I mean, there there's worse problems to have, I got to say. And you may not know this. I'm going to ask because I wrote this down and we got another stuff with Daniel. I heard something that seeds are not illegal. You can transport seeds anywhere. But I don't know if that's real. Because here's one of my problems. A lot of times I hear stuff and I have no clue as to where I heard it. So I don't know whether this was a reputable source, a non But they're saying because it's not a plant, you can't. Like someone couldn't actually see the seed and go, oh, well. So I don't. I, I don't know, but I do not believe that to be true. Okay. I don't either. It was weird because I heard that. And so many of the things that I end up being right about 
Bobby will just ask, she goes, how do you know that? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know where I heard it. I don't know where. I mean, it literally could be aliens abducting me at night and putting stuff in my head that I didn't know previously. Does it happen frequently? Mm, Well, I would just say with the number of times my butt hurts when I wake up in the morning that I think I may be probed. So, yes, I do think that happens quite often. Is it good? Not bad. <laughs> hey I'm glad you're back on the show. Well, thank you for having us. Oh, so what what do you anticipate now for the next couple of weeks? Is it going to relax at all for no, you? No, not at all. It's getting busier. Is there do you do you see on the horizon a point where you're going to be able to just take a breath, look at what you all have done and just kind of say Ah, oh, this is nice. This is this is what we wanted. This- no, I don't see that. I hope not. It's you know? it's we have a lot of work ahead of us, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to St. Louis. I'll be back and forth all over the state of Missouri, like every week. Um, Are you a champion for self driving cars? Because see, this is one of those times where yeah. you can just get in and go Humansville. So I, I really do have my eye on a car. It's a perfect vehicle. It's a new Ford Lightning. It's an all-electric truck. Uh-huh. It does everything the Ford F-150 does, except better and more. It's the fastest truck Ford's ever produced. It has numerous electrical outlets, which is perfect because I'm right. bothering a frozen product around. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's just a really cool truck. It goes That's all, I've never full, even heard of that, so now I'm going to have to look that up. The only so, problem is like three-year wait list on them when they come out. Well, I'm going to wait to see what happens on May 23rd. I'm also going to wait because that may expedite how quickly I need to get Daniel back on the show as well. But I do want to have you guys back on in a few weeks because I, I want to talk about post-Memorial Day. So we had 420, which is a holiday, but that's more like of a stoner holiday, not a medicinal product holiday, although I'm sure that those overlap some or a lot. They definitely overlapped. I mean, we went to events. I was, that was the, one of the longest days of my life. So I'm just interested also in seeing Memorial Day, whether that, how much of an impact or how much a, a, a big holiday, like a summer holiday, because especially down on, near the Lake of the Ozarks, are there many dispensaries in that? Yeah, there are. I have not been to that area yet. You haven't. No, that'll probably be this come out this week. Yeah. So, and that, because of the holidays, because of the people, and I don't know whether I need people out on a boat on Memorial Day. Once I will see. I, I won't say people should judge what they can and cannot do. So, I'll just leave it at that. So, um, cool. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So for everyone else, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is the Stone Genius. This is Ro. As always, I've had fun with both Daniel and Alex from Cran Organics. They're chill cakes. Uh, go to the our Instagram page, which is at the Stone Genius. We'll have some links for you on there this time. And I can't wait to have you back again next time, Alex. Can't wait to come back. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Talk to you all later.